Welcome. I am your host, Christine, and this is the Self-Esteem Truths Podcast, a podcast about discovering the truth about who we are, why we struggle, and how we can overcome. This podcast is designed to help you transform your life as we dive weekly into new questions about self-esteem truths. Hi, I'm Christine. I am a confidence coach and motivational speaker, and this is episode 129. I'm really looking forward to this topic today. I feel like this is such an important distinction to make when struggling with self-esteem. Today, we're talking about feelings versus your self-worth. If you've been with me for a bit, you know that I use the analogy of the dashboard on your car. A light comes on. It tells you something's going on with the engine. The light is the emotion. The issue it's indicating is what you need to be focusing on, not the light. So we're going to stick with that analogy today as we're talking about the separation between feelings and self-worth. So the first thing that I want you to understand is just like the dashboard on your car, there could be an electrical issue and it can be sending you all kinds of lights, indicating all kinds of problems, and your engine actually is just fine. Something's going on with the dashboard. Your emotions and the emotions of the people around you can do something very similar. The emotions are sending all kinds of messages. And if you or the people around you do not have a healthy emotional IQ, those messages are going to be essentially errors. Something is wrong with the dashboard, not the engine. Something is wrong with the emotional output, not you as a person. Okay? Okay, so stick with me. We're going to get into this. The reason it's so important for you to keep emotions, feelings separate from your self-worth, and this is important, are not telling you anything about you. They are telling you something about what you are experiencing. For example, maybe you publicly messed up and the initial feeling is embarrassment. And then maybe the feeling shifts to being angry at yourself. And then maybe you start getting mad at people around you who you want to shift the blame to. And maybe you get jealous of the person who didn't mess up or doesn't ever seem to mess up. If you allow yourself to fall into the trap here, you can start to make this say something about you. You just always mess up. You're worthless. You're no good at doing things publicly. This is why nobody can trust you. This is why you shouldn't even have bothered getting out of bed today. And yet those things are not true. That's like ditching your car on the side of the road and never coming back for it because it ran out of gas. That's not how we respond to that light on the dashboard going off. Oh, well, this car is no good anymore. No, it's a temporary problem. It's very fixable. If you run out of gas on the side of the road, something you might do is say, okay, wow, I really need to be paying a little bit more attention to that gauge before it gets to that point, right? I need to make sure I'm filling up at the half empty mark and not letting it get below a quarter of a tank. Running out of gas on the side of the road does not mean your car is garbage. It's an indication to you to notice things earlier, to take different action, to prepare differently, and to get your poor car some gas. Our emotions are meant to do the same thing for us. That feeling of embarrassment, what is it trying to tell you? Maybe you should have prepared a little bit better. Maybe you needed to trust yourself a little bit more. Maybe you needed to eat something first. It does not mean to start inflicting self-harm with deprecating thoughts and opinions about your self-worth. Now, as I indicated, if we don't take care of the problem, our emotions can spiral from embarrassment, anger, blame, jealousy, 
It's like ignoring your car when it's low on oil. If you just add some oil, the car is going to be just fine. If you keep letting it run like that, it's going to develop some more problems. Anger, resentment, blaming others. Specifically the anger one. That is not the emotion that needs your attention. Emotions like that are there to protect you from having to look at yourself and take responsibility for your own actions. Anger is covering up something else. Probably that first emotion that you felt before the anger kicked in. And sometimes the glimpse of that emotion can be really short. Just a flash in the pan and then it's gone and you've shifted to anger. It's important to notice what was going on before anger took over. Anger is trying to protect you from looking at yourself. Remember that. The fear, of course, is that if you have to look at yourself, it's not going to be pretty. You're going to see what you really look like and you're not going to like it. Except what if you can keep your emotions and your self-worth separate? What if... Just like your car, that's letting you know, I need a little bit more air in my tire. I need a little bit more gas in my tank. Please fix my back blinker. What if your emotions weren't saying anything about your self-worth? What would change for you? What would it be like to recognize that you are valuable, you're worthy, you are capable, you have a right to boundaries and autonomy, and your emotions aren't validating that something is wrong with you. They are alerting you to the fact that something needs your attention. How much better would that feel? You have a moment of embarrassment. You're still valuable, worthy, capable, and oh yes, I get it. I really needed more sleep last night and I didn't get that. I'm going to take better care of myself tonight. How different would your world be if that's how you approached things? We're going to go one step deeper with this. Other people's emotions. When somebody gets frustrated with you, annoyed, angry, exasperated, when they start showing you the negative feelings they have towards you, keep their feelings separate from your self-esteem. Just because the emotion is coming from somebody else doesn't automatically make it valid proof that something is wrong with you. I want to say that again. Just because the emotion is coming from somebody else does not automatically validate it as solid proof that something is wrong with you? Why would their emotions have that kind of power and pull if that's not how emotions work? Your emotions don't work that way. Their emotions don't work that way. Just like for you, when they are having an emotional experience, that's a light on their dashboard going off. And just like the lights on your dashboard are telling you something about your engine and your car, their emotions are telling us something about them, not about you. Now you might be thinking, oh, but it does because they're frustrated with me. They're angry at what I just did or didn't do. They're embarrassed to be seen with me. So of course it has something to do with me. There is so much power and freedom in what I am about to tell you. Your emotions are about you and their emotions are about them. I want to take a moment and give you a little bit of a distinction here because this is going to be important as you move forward. If somebody comes to you and they're hurting and they need to articulate to you that you did something that hurt them and they are able to do that while being respectful, while taking ownership for their own part in it, while making reasonable requests, it's important to make space for those conversations because this isn't about your self-worth or you being a terrible person. This is about their boundaries, and their needs, and they have a right to express that and expect a respectful response. Notice that this is not about your worth or even you being a bad person. This is about you getting to know and understand them better so that you can have a closer relationship by not pressing these boundaries. Notice it's still not about you. 
their emotional reaction, they're hurting, they're upset, they're agitated, isn't saying you are a bad person. It's letting them know, I didn't like how I'm being treated. And in this situation, they are choosing to express that to you respectfully so that they don't have that experience again because you're going to respect that boundary. If somebody wants to come at you with jealousy, resentment, rage, hatred, blame, dismissiveness, just because they are responding intensely and negatively does not magically shift it to mean something about you and your self-worth. It's still their emotion and about them. The difference is they are not handling it well. Instead of looking at their dashboard and saying, oh, my check engine light is on. I need to look under the hood and see what's going on. They say, what the heck did you do to my car? Now, could you imagine if this happened in an actual car? You're sitting in the passenger seat. You're driving down the road. The car does not belong to you. You're just sitting there and the driver sees the check engine light come on. And instead of saying, hey, I'm going to pull over in this gas station, see what's going on under my hood. They immediately turn to you and start accusing you of somehow magically doing something to their car. That's wild, right? I give you these analogies so that you can understand and really see how wild it is for somebody to see that they are having an emotional reaction and then attack you. I'm going to spin this again just so you can see again how wild this actually is. What do master manipulators and gaslighters like to do? Poke, 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 poke until you have a wild emotional reaction aimed at them. Why? Because they know it looks crazy. They know that makes you look crazy. Why? Because having an intense emotional reaction and aiming it at another human being is not healthy. It does not address the actual issue. That's not how we fix these problems. It looks crazy. Are you starting to see how silly and unhelpful it actually is? to take those moments when somebody acts like that towards you and decide that it must say something about you and your self-worth, that this person having this kind of reaction must be proof of your unworthiness. You see, if that's really what that meant, master manipulators and gaslighters would do everything to avoid you having an emotional outburst like that towards them. They wouldn't instigate it. What they know that you're missing is that it doesn't say anything about them. That's powerful, right? Your self-worth and your emotions are completely separate things. Your self-worth and somebody else's emotions are completely separate things. Emotions can only hurt your self-esteem if you decide to let it. Just like somebody who keeps driving their car after getting a flat or seeing that their car needs oil or fluids or a new gas filter. They can do something about the light on their dashboard, fix the problem, keep the car in perfect condition. Or they can destroy the car in order to ignore the light on the dashboard. You get to make the same choice. Address the emotion without allowing it to destroy your self-esteem and your self-worth. Or you can try to suppress, ignore, chastise, shift the emotion and allow it to destroy your self-worth. The key is you get to choose. So when you are experiencing an emotion, whatever it's initially telling you, understand it is simply a message. It might be an uncomfortable message. It might be a painful message, but it is a message nonetheless. 
It is there to help you. It is there to guide you. What's really important is what you do with it next. I'll give you a hint. What you need to do next is look under the hood. Why do I feel embarrassed? Why am I feeling angry? Why am I feeling jealous or resentful? Why am I feeling sad? Why am I feeling hurt? Sometimes there's a behavior you need to shift. Like we said with the car, stop letting it get down to empty. That's the behavior that needs to shift. Maybe it's a message about who you need to see less of in your life. Just like maybe you won't let a smoker smoke in your car. Maybe there's some people that don't have to be close enough to stink up your life like that. Maybe there's a childhood belief lingering around that still makes you feel little and small and insignificant. And you need to take a moment with that child version of yourself and recognize that that wasn't true about you then and it's not true about you now. The one thing you do not need to do is decide that those emotions are proof of your self-worth being less than. Same thing if somebody else is experiencing an emotion. What does that say about what they're experiencing? Maybe it's saying that they can't self-regulate. They can't look at themselves. They can't be the problem. Maybe they are actually really insecure. And when you recognize where their emotions are coming from, that it's not saying anything about your self-worth, but rather it's telling you something about where they're at and what they're experiencing. First of all, it takes their power away because that's really sad that they're struggling like that. And second of all, it lets you know you can put a boundary between them and you. You can separate and distance yourself because you do not need to be receiving that. Again, imagine somebody's car breaks down the side of the road, their engine's kaput, and their reaction is to take a tire iron and start swinging at your car. Does that make any kind of sense? Would you sit there and go, ah, yes, well, my car is garbage, so I deserve to have this tire iron swung at my car? No, of course not. Of course not. So when somebody is sitting there emotionally damaged with self-esteem that is damaged and their reaction is to take a verbal swing at you... The correct response is not to say, ah, yes, this is proof that my self-worth is trash. I'm trash. That is a big, huge neon sign saying, this person is not healthy to be around. Get out of the area. I really hope by explaining it the way that I did today, you are able to move forward with a much clearer understanding of how separate your emotions are from your self-worth, and especially how separate your self-worth is from other people's emotions. Your goal this week is to start noticing when you are allowing these experiences to show up in your life that are not helpful to your self-worth. Notice when you're making illogical connections between feelings and emotions and your value and worth. Use the car analogy in your own life. If you two were driving vehicles, would this make sense? The nice thing about truth and logic is it works no matter which way you look at it and what you apply it to. If the car analogy doesn't work for you, find something similar that you can relate to that will help you identify when you're allowing your feelings or somebody else's feelings to cross the line and affect your self-worth. Thank you for being here today, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.